Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome to episode four on Influencer Channel, and we are so excited to have Dr. John Gray. We'll be bringing him on any second now. Uh, I am so thrilled to be on this channel. Thank you so much to the wonderful team at Voice America. So, Rosa, my counterpart, my co-host, how was your weekend? Uh, it was great. This weekend, I actually spent it with a family. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is actually... Always a, that is always a great time. Well, that's actually something Dr. John Gray is actually going to be talking about, is that that was the, the real testament that you were successful, is that you had a family that you could spend time with. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I was out in mm-hmm. California for the Digital Footprint Conference and got to meet some of the, the greatest minds in the digital space and, and how you leave that digital footprint so you have enough abundance so you can return back to your family and, and have a, a lifestyle you love. So uh, without further ado, I want every single minute I can get with Dr. John Gray. So if you'll be so kind as to introduce him. Okay. Um, Dr. John Gray is the author of the most well-known and trusted relationship book of all time, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. USA Today listed his book as one of the top 10 most influential books of the last quarter century. Dr. Gray has written over 20 books. His most recent book is Beyond Mars and Venus. His Mars and Venus book series have, have forever changed the way men and women view their relationships. Here he is. Welcome, I'm here. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> well, we are so excited to have you. I know you get a, a lot of opportunities to speak and do interviews and uh, shows, so thank you for selecting us and sharing a part of your life with us. Happy to, happy to. So I, you remember the Keep Smiling card and the Keep Smiling movement? Yes. Yes, yeah, I, I met you several times at uh, CEO Space, so I'm very grateful to Bernie Dorman for having a relationship with you and bringing you to uh, that world so that I could meet you and learn firsthand not only the brilliance that you have, but also the entertainment. I, I still remember that time that you were teaching at CEO Space and you had everyone dancing, <laughs> walking around the entire room. That was quite a hoot. And I, as being a photographer, I really enjoyed capturing the joy that was uh, happening at that time. Well, I actually don't remember that event, that particular dance, but <laughs> thank you for reminding me. <laughs> well, you, I, do, you were... I do a lot of different things in my workshops. <laughs> well, that, that's exciting to even know that. So I, I wanted to just give a little bit of background, and, and I want to make this interview very unique uh, because I know you do so many. So uh, first of all, just start off, if you wouldn't mind, with your story of when you were a child and, and what possibly linked you to who you are today. Well, when I was growing up, I had no idea what I was going to be. Uh, nor did I even have many questions about it. I was just kind of a happy kid. Um, you know, I was the favorite of seven, I found out later. So that was something. Uh, it, it made a lot of my brothers jealous of me. I had five brothers and one sister. And no, I was number five, uh, you know, out of seven kids. And I think when I look at what I've become in my life, I'm really grateful to, particularly to my mom, uh, who gave me the message through her actions and occasionally in words 
that you always have what you need in life. You know, she sort of lived this, felt that there was grace, and she was always very fortunate and lucky. And uh, that just rubbed off on me. You know, my wife says I'm like the luckiest person in the world. But, but part of that is, is trusting that things are going to be okay, even though sometimes they're not. You don't lose that. And so my mother taught me that if you... If you um, the universe, life, provides what you need at all times. And if it's not what you need, you're looking in the wrong direction. And part of why we need what's happening is to turn us in another direction back to where we need to go. So it's always correcting, helping us to correct our journey if we're conscious and listen to it. So, you know, I, I look at my life and I, I kind of go, you know, people go, oh, my gosh, such a big seller, number one, for years and years and years, every morning on Sunday morning, best-selling book. And they go, he's just so lucky, so lucky, and I am. But it's not like it just happened. You know, there was nine years before Men Are From Mars became number one. I was teaching that material and been rejected by many publishers and so forth and um, been criticized by many people for my message, and I still am. You know, if you're going to put yourself out there, you have to know that the further out you go, you're going to get to a place where half of the people are with you and half of the people are not. You know, we see that in presidential elections. Um, but you... you um, so it's, you know, everybody's got their mission, so to speak, how far out you want to go. But when you go way out there, there you have to know that there'll be criticism. And particularly with the digital world today, uh, it's going to be there. So, you know, I look at the, the years of my preparing to become rather successful. Uh, it was preparing me to deal with all that criticism that would come up and not let it knock me over, but to try to take what I could get from it and then move on. Now, what is it about the uh, the book that was most criticized? Oh, my gosh. I don't want to spend a lot of time on that because it's nonsense. <laughs> I, I, but, I know, understand, that, but if someone that, hears I'll tell you nonsense. a few of the things. I mean, they're still there. Is It's overly simplistic, okay? Because psychology can be very complex, and every person's issues are very complex. But what I was able to do in my counseling practice, and I, 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 was, I, I still counsel some people, uh, old clients and whatever, but... Uh, and I've done for many, many years, but for 10 years uh, before I wrote that book, I was seeing eight women a day, uh, counseling them on their relationships. It wasn't a women-only counseling thing. It was just mainly women come to counseling, and I seemed to draw them in and, because I helped them understand what they were feeling. And at the same time, as they would then feel better, I would help explain to them men. And what I saw is that women just didn't understand men in a positive way but would always assume men uh, are reacting the way a woman would, and therefore it's a negative reaction. What I mean by that is uh, if a woman withdraws, if she disconnects, it's usually because she's mad at you uh, or she's uh, got resentment, uh, she doesn't feel safe with you, so she pulls away. Men certainly could pull away for that reason, but men can be very happy with you and, and just need to pull away to come back to ourself. You know? And that was popularized the idea of the cave in Men Are From Mars, which is men, you know, will withdraw to their cave quite often. And in that cave, he's just returning to himself. You don't need to go in after him, and it's not about you. It will become about you if you keep trying to go into the cave. And that was a relief for women to realize that this was normal. Give him space, and he comes back. And that was another concept like the rubber band. Men are like rubber bands, is that we want to get... We want to be close to women. We want to go into your world and feel you and connect with you. And, and on a physical level, that's sex. But on an emotional level, it's connecting and wanting to be there for you, provide for your happiness. But then we need time off. You know, it's like a job. <laughs> you got a job. 
you need to take some time to relax and open up uh, to yourself again. And men do that by distracting. A simple example of that would be what we say to each other all the time and, and mistakenly say to women. We say, don't worry about it. We say, not a big deal. Well, there's nothing you can do about it, so let it go. Come on, just let's move on. Those kind of comments uh, really help men to deal with what's going on inside uh, if they're stressed out. Whereas for women, uh, often they take it as an insult when a man says it to her. So these are like distinctions that I saw again and again and again, and there were like 10 of them, which became the book Men Are From Mars. Because, see, if you're going the wrong direction all the time, thinking you're going the right direction, uh, you tend to bring out the worst in your partner. So Men Are From Mars doesn't, doesn't claim to, didn't claim to solve all relationship problems. It helped people improve their communication to get what they want in relationships, which is what the subtitle said, and it does it. That's why it just it spread to give people a simple message that could actually, in one day, quite often, change your life. I mean, imagine you're, you're walking to New York by taking a boat across the Pacific Ocean. You've got a long way to go, and there's a, there's a plane you can take right straight to New York. So it's just... Uh, pointing out some simple things that people could understand differently. See, if I have to change you, that's a big job to change people. And it's a long-time job to change our habits, to change who we are, how we react to things, to become more of who we really are after all the conditioning went in. So that's a big job, and that's, that's a good job. However, what I found is like an airplane pilot, you know, you can have traumatic childhood experiences, you can have intimacy issues, you can have all kinds of things, but you can be trained to fly a plane. Okay, we can be trained to be in present time and behave like adults, and most of us didn't have training to do that, to create the new kind of relationship that we're wanting today, which is based on new, uh, wisdom of understanding our differences in a positive way so that then we can see how we fit together and come closer, but we have to see how we can fit together. In the, in the past, we were just two separate worlds. Now we're coming closer, so we have to have a better understanding and so people said I was simplistic, people said I was uh, sexist, you know, because I'm saying men and women are different, which is kind of like, yeah, and, and you don't think they're not? <laughs> it is mm-hmm. absurd. Right. You know, it's common sense. The emperor has no clothes. Everybody was, kept saying we're just the same, we're just the same. We're not just the same. And this problem, ironically, although Men from Mars helped a lot, uh, the problems just got worse in society. The new generation is complete gender confusion. And, and, and I have written a book, Beyond Mars and Venus, to help, help understand that in a positive way so that they can have positive relationships. You know, it's very hard for the younger generation to find, to make a commitment to a long-term relationship. You know, they even doubt the value of that. So I have to explain the value of that as well. You know, we're just talking about spending the weekend home with the family. I mean, if you don't have relationships, how do you have a harmonious family? I mean, that's what the foundation of life is, is people coming together in harmony. And what I have seen, my niche, my piece of the pie, is to recognize that people are different. And and that's enough on that. Well, uh, just to go to, before we talk about the new book, just going to a couple of the elements of uh, a marriage and uh, how the behaviors kind of show up, women... Uh, wives, do they, when they have a, uh, an issue, you're saying that they want to be, they want to move away from it and have time to think, or they want to actually discuss it? And then same with the man. Well, that was my point, which is that, is that when men are stressed, quite often we say, I just need some time. Just let me think about it. Let me forget it, basically. Right. I was just watching the World Series last night. <laughs> 
you know, it was great. I, got, I forget all my problems watching the World Series. Okay, so that's how men particularly, and we might say now today in our, in our more uh, politic, politically correct environment, we say our masculine. If you have a lot of masculine qualities, the way you deal with stress is to temporarily forget it. And what that does is brings you back into balance. And then you can approach your problems in a more positive way. And, of course, if you're home and the problem's at work, there's nothing to do about it now. So if there's nothing you can do about it, forget it. That's the major stress reducer uh, strategy of being a man and also of your male side. Now, for the female side or for women, depending if they have a female side or not, uh, they want to discuss it. They want to connect. Connection stimulates a bunch of female hormones, and detachment stimulates a bunch of male hormones. So let me emphasize that because if you're a man... You may have what's called what called um, uh, have mass female qualities, and that's great. That's love, that's receptivity, that's vulnerability, that's openness, that's sharing, that's cooperation. These are all qualities of our female side, and then qualities of our male side is goal orientation, solving problems, toughness, detachment, get the job done, postpone gratification, accountability, responsibility. You know, these are like. Uh, core masculine qualities. And the reason I can say that, and I do say that, because biologically, when you do any of those things I just mentioned, you're going to stimulate the hormone testosterone. And when you're doing the things that are feminine that I just mentioned, you're going to stimulate various female hormones, estrogen, oxytocin, progesterone, prolactin. And the key thing is for men and women to realize is that we have this sort of a capacity to be either masculine and feminine now. And that, that was the break, breakthrough of the 60s, uh, which is, you know, I, I'm a hippie basically back then. I was uh, demonstrating for peace. I uh, didn't want to go to Vietnam. Fortunately, my number didn't come up. And uh, I grew out long hair. I had beads. I had bell-bottom pants. I had a buckle. I looked at myself in the mirror and said, boy, do you look cool. It was, that's the feminine side of me. It's like, how do I look? Who am I? And how pretty I am and so forth. You know, that's... <laughs> That's, uh, that's feminine, and I went way over to that side, and it felt great because I, we have a brain as men which has been conditioned to not be that for thousands of years since the beginning of time. So now we can flip the thing. Women, on the other hand, had the freedom to have a job, had the freedom to vote, had the freedom to get an education, had the freedom to be financially independent, self-sufficient, choose that when they want to have babies. All of that was a freedom that women never had. And so they felt fantastic, you know, like being in jail for your life and then getting out. You know, go, wow, this is great. But just like being in jail, once you're out, you go, whoa, wait a second. Uh, can, how do I handle this? Because for women, when they go to their male side, it's hard for them to come back to their female side, and their hormones go out of balance. So what we see today is the biggest medical problem there is, is women's hormones are out of balance and are one of the biggest problems, which may lead to all the other problems. And for men... They have this low testosterone. You read about it, hear about it, and taking testosterone is the big cure. It's not the big cure. It will only create more problems down the line. However, temporarily, it feels good to feel masculine. Well, you have to just learn how to be masculine. Instead of take testosterone, make testosterone. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not against people and hormones and so forth. It's just like uh, taking drugs. You know, you're treating symptoms instead of helping your body do what it's designed to do. And whenever you have somebody else do what your body's designed to do or something else, uh, your body is going to get weaker and weaker because you're not addressing the problem. And to a great extent, not the full extent, but to a great extent, this whole hormonal imbalance and problems that come from that is due to this, this role reversal that's happening where men are too far on their emotional side, and that's happening today. 
and, and they want to play. They want to have fun. They want to go from one to the next to the next as a playboy. Well, that's being on your female side, you know, on your male side. We, there's a serious part of us that wants to make a commitment, wants to build a life, wants to create a life, and we can have fun along the way. But commitment is a very masculine thing, and women are way on their male side. Men are way on their female side. Uh, women come home, and they're just busy doing, doing, doing. They can't relax. They're always doing something, doing something. Well, solving problems, solving problems, everything's a problem. What happens then, their testosterone is being produced. But more importantly, and, and women can't even make a lot of testosterone, but they make more than they would normally make. More importantly, when they're making testosterone, they're not making estrogen when they need to be making estrogen. They're not making progesterone when they need to be making progesterone. There's different times of the month when different activities will stimulate different hormones for women. And that's, that's all new science, you know, and, and that's why I wrote this book, Beyond Mars and Venus. It was much simpler back in the days of just helping men be, be men and understand women better and for women who were already pretty much women how to understand men better. So that's what Men Are From Mars is, is a positive understanding of where we're coming from. The new books are about how we're all confused, and, and we think we know what we want, and often what we want to do is, is not going to help us at all. Just like people want to eat white sugar, that's not going to help you. It gives you a temporary buzz, and that's it. and make you worse, make you addicted to it. That's what every addiction is, is wanting something that's not good for you over and over and over. And so what happens is women want to be more and more independent, and it's not good for them. Uh, a balance is what's good. I'm not saying it's wrong. We need a balance. And men, men want to just have fun and go their way and, and talk about their feelings and indulge in their feelings and their needs and everything. They lose the strength of their masculinity, which is, you know, I was just watching an early Clint Eastwood movie <laughs> back in the day when he was this young, handsome guy on a horse killing everybody. But that was like the embodiment of, of, of uh, masculinity, which is why everybody was drawn to him. He was quiet. He didn't talk. He never, you know, many of those movies you never, what's he thinking? What's going on? Well, that's, that's pure masculinity, which is silence. Was that uh, good, bad, talking. and ugly? Was that? Was that good, bad, and ugly, or was that hang them high? Yeah, good, bad, <laughs> had good, bad, and ugly. Fantastic show. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I restated the question because the, the reason I was asking that is because of the role reverse or the, the, the hormones playing a different role in my particular marriage. My wife wants to be uh, away and she wants to take time, whereas I want to connect and say, hey, let's solve this. Well, see what's happened there is she, when she pulls away, she's gone to her male side. Okay. Right. And women do that when they don't trust, their adrenaline levels go up and their hormones change. So if a woman feels like, uh, if I was to talk about my feelings, my husband would just try to fix them or solve them then there's no point in doing it. And particularly if she has no role model of a woman opening up and sharing her feelings and being heard, which is also very rare. So women don't know what they need in order to be happy, which is why they're not happy when they're not happy. They just don't know. They come to me and I give them the experience of being heard and they go, wow, this is something new and different. It's scary. It's vulnerable. If you open up and share and your partner laughs at you, makes a joke, or that's no big deal, or don't worry about, or why would you say that, or starts arguing with you. When you're in the middle of being very vulnerable, feminine, your feminine side comes forth, it just takes one or two times they'll shut down, and so now they don't trust. They're vigilant. Be careful, be careful. Don't share what you're really feeling, and that pushes them to their male side. And you're this guy over here who loves your wife, and you, you want to connect. We have a female side, too. And we use our relationship to find that female side. We use our work to find our masculine side. So we're trying, we're in a relationship and we can't connect because she's pulling away uh, as opposed to opening up to receive us to connect. 
then we tend to go too far to our, I want to talk about it, I want to share, I want to connect, because it's the only way to connect. But you're now switching roles. You're going to your female energy, which is to share. You see, when I share with you my feelings that I'm needing to connect, I'm opening my heart, and you're coming in. That's the female energy. When somebody is listening and being present for you, they're in the masculine energy. And again, I, I look at how out of balance our whole society is. We've got all these Buddhist notions, and I'm not against Buddhism, but primarily all those techniques were taught, taught to men. And the big word there is mindfulness and presence, silence, silence the mind. And so all these women who think, okay, I just have to be present, have to be present. That's a really good teaching for men to silence the mind, to be quiet. And it can help women a little bit. But it can also frustrate the bigger problem, which is women don't need to silence their mind. They need to learn how to communicate their feelings so it will be safe, regardless if a man knows how to do it or not. And they can teach men. And that's what I do in my book is train women. All you have to do is say to a man, it's not that complicated when you understand clearly what your need is. And you say to him, look, I don't want you to speak for the next 10 minutes. Hmm. Just look at me. And I'm going to start talking about my feelings, not, not for you to fix them, but for me just to get in touch with them and feel them. Because if I can feel them, I can let them go. And that's a new concept. Feel your emotions, your negative emotions. By feeling them, you can let them go. And for most people, and in psychology, that's the whole basis of 30 years of psychology, or maybe 50 years of psychology, is if you can feel your emotions by talking, and you feel it, and somebody else can feel what you're feeling, the, the tension, the stress dissipates. Just like if you have a, a sore muscle and somebody rubs on it, where's the pain? They find the little pain, rub on it, the pain goes away. It's connection. It's parts of us that are disconnected. So she needs our help to be connected to herself. And women don't know that, and men have no clue as to how to do that. This is all completely new information. It's like getting a computer and saying, operate it. And we don't know how to operate it, because the computer we're operating right now is an upgrade. The software is a huge upgrade from traditional role-mate relationships, where you know men were the providers, women were the homemakers and the loving partner. They would love you when you come home. And you connected for a little while, and that was it. That, that's all. They had mediocre expectations other than peacefulness and harmony and connection and so forth. But today, we have lives where women want to be men, and men also want to experience ecstasy and great sex and all that good stuff and be in touch with our feelings and share. Well, there's a way to get there, but the way everybody's doing it now is not getting them there. And I speak from, you know, I'm in the trenches. I work with people. I just spent 40 days, I spent the weekend with 40 women. You know, you go into every one of their problems, and practically every single problem the woman had, she thought it was the man's fault, and I helped her realize, yeah, he was being a jerk, but do you see how you contributed to that problem? They don't realize how they contribute to every problem, and that's what will allow women to actually feel trust and safety today is in relationships with men, is when you see how you are contributing to the problems just as much as they are contributing to the problems. And the same thing I teach men. Uh, it's not just you pick the wrong woman, although sometimes we do. There's no doubt that we pick the wrong partner and women pick the wrong partner. But we, we, um, we have problems. We, we, I could drive my wife crazy. You know, many men tell me their wives are crazy. And I go, no, no, you drove her crazy. There's no doubt about that. Was she crazy on your first date? No. Second date? No. Crazy when you married her? No. She became crazy. Well, who do you think drove her crazy? You have to realize that how we treat people has a huge impact on them if we're having sex multiply that impact times 100. Because when, if my wife is critical of me and complains about me, uh, it goes right in. I have no defenses against that, or very few defenses, to put it that way. 
if somebody else criticizes me, hey, you know, you're not that important to me, so so what? You know, I'll listen to what you have to say, but, you know, I'm not going to take it personally. That's your point of view. That's how you see the world. You know, that's a distance. That's what we gain as we, we gain greater self-awareness is that, you know, who I am is not who you think I am. It's what your projection. You, you think you have a projection of me, but I'm somebody who I am. Well, when you're having sex with somebody, it's like all those protections and defenses go away. So if, if, if my partner says you're not good enough, boom, it just comes in and hits me. I have no defense against that. Uh, and, and that's why couples will eventually stop having sex is so they're not being bombarded by a partner's resentments, disapproval, disconnections, and so forth. But a majority of all that stuff is just misinterpreted rejection. You know, I used to always feel like I was being judged if my wife gave me some advice. I even wrote in my book, one of the biggest complaints men have is women giving unsolicited advice. I still, you know, <laughs> ask my wife not to do it from time to time. She's read the book. Uh, it's kind of a little bit of an insult, but I don't take it so personally now because I know she really is just trying to help. And if women could recognize that, you know, when men are trying to solve your problem, you go, you're not listening, you're not listening, he is just trying to help. So you can kindly just say, you know, I really don't need you to fix this right now. I just need you to listen a little bit. I'm just sharing, kind of like a venting to feel better. We can talk about solving the problem later. And that, that just sets a man at ease. Just that one little technique there. You have to change yourself. You just have to know how to open the door. The door's right there. It's always been there. You have to know how to open it. People are just blind, and ironically, the whole younger generation is more blind than ever before. I just see so many problems with them making a commitment, sustaining attraction, sustaining interest, picking the right person, feeling there's not a right person available to them, not finding real love. And yet they want it because they're, hired, they're, they're an upgrade. The, soft, the upgraded software that we're all living is we want ecstasy. We want great sex. We want passion. We want connection. We want the sweetness of being in love. Well, it takes a whole new set of skills to sustain that, no skills to feel that. Uh, that's, that's another biological phenomenon. And it even gets more complex if uh, your spouse lost their father or mother early on. And we're going to be going to break soon, but it's, it's when you're saying all this, I'm seeing how complex it can get. So we'll be back in a couple minutes, and I'd like to, we're going to be talking about how to stay focused in a hyper world as well. Be right back. sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best freshest gluten-free ingredients the best part is the menu is always new and fresh just like the food and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast lunch or dinner and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes my family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so i eat healthy all day every day if you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout try out freshly.com today and save twenty dollars on your first order using coupon code vah 639 at freshly.com your taste buds and your scale will thank you so save 20 bucks today with coupon code vah 
639 at Freshly.com. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Wow, what a fascinating first half hour, and that went by like a snap, and I'm already realizing we have more to cover than we have time. So before we start, I wanted to give John an opportunity to share how people can follow him, learn more about what he's sharing, because in my opinion, my show could be eight hours a day just interviewing John Gray, and he would make the world a better place. So John, where can people follow you? Well, thank you so much. Uh, Well, I'm available online at marsvenus.com. You could also Google my name. My website will come up. If you Google John Gray or Minute from Mars, the website comes up. And in there, I have a, a, a variety of different video blogs that I'm always producing. And every day, there's like an hour talk that's already pre-recorded that's available for the public. And every week, if you go on our mailing list, we give you a schedule of the five different talks. And we've got hundreds of talks. You know, I've been doing this for 40 years, so I've got a lot of material on everything. Uh, so you're welcome to join us there and, and, and check it out and be on our mailing list as well, and we send you stuff too. And we also have a health food store there too. I think in our next section we're going to talk about you know, some of the challenges of our kids today in relationships. And a big part of it, as I mentioned, is relationship skills, but another big part is the environmental toxicity and how we're being affected by things and cleansing the body, cleansing the brain of toxicity is very, very important. So. That's that's another aspect we need to look at. Well, we're hitting that really, really quickly, and I just want to say that anybody who has questions, if we don't answer them during the show because it's going so quickly, you can just post the comments, and we will forward them and and get those answers for you later. So I have a four-year-old child, and I know the, the, the issues from which you speak, and I loved your book, Staying Focused in the Hyper World. How long have you been married, and how many kids do you have? Well, I've been married 32 years, and been with my wife 40 years, and have uh, three daughters and four grandchildren. So I've got personal experience of it, and uh, raising kids, and I've written some books on parenting and done classes and so forth on parenting as well. Well, I remember when I saw you at CEO Space that you talked about the reason you wrote this book was that you were actually impacted, affected by the toxicity levels and, and how it was actually causing you to operate. Would, would you like to yeah. talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 65 now, but around 50 years old, uh, I started having early-stage Parkinson's, which runs in our family. And, and I've seen what happens with Parkinson's. It's not a pretty sight. If you take the medicines, uh, they just treat the symptoms, and the condition actually just gets worse and worse. And so I researched it and figured it out and found out a natural solution. And I'm not the only one who's done that, by the way. You can see some studies on PubMed 
that have natural solutions for it. You know, people say, well, why wouldn't uh, everybody know about it? And the reason they don't know about it is not natural solutions don't have patents. I have a friend who raised half a billion dollars for a Parkinson research place where they're, you know, trying to find solutions. And I said, why don't you just do this? It's already proven to work. And they said, yeah, we can't patent that. Uh, that's the problem with the whole medical community today is there's so many good things that can help people be healthy. Uh, and, the, and the problem with the natural solutions is that they don't always work for everybody, uh, just as drugs don't always work for everybody, you know, because there's other things other than the body that have to do with conditions. There's the mind and the heart. And, you know, what I've seen is that if you have good relationship skills and you have, uh, you know, you, you a moderate amount of exercise and a basically good diet, uh, then these natural solutions make a huge difference in restoring normal health in all areas. I mean, and I mean in all areas. But, but you have to look at things. You know, if I had a pill that cured cancer and you lived in a room and you had no friends and there were no windows, it wouldn't work. Uh, you've got to have the right thing. At the same time, when it comes to my condition of Parkinson's, what I researched is, you know, brain science. I have all these resources of brain scientists who taught me a lot. And, and I'm certainly not a brain scientist. I just uh, uh, learn from them like a student. I can re- re- my, my gift is to be able to explain these things pretty simply for people to understand. And once you have the understanding, you're then motivated to make the shifts and the changes necessary to correct the situation. So for me with Parkinson's, once I healed that, suddenly what I did is basically improve my brain function. Uh, and what I noticed is I was better than before. And being better than before meant that I had symptoms of ADD, which I didn't even know was ADD because it wasn't that popular when I was growing up. And I didn't know I had it. But once I got rid of the Parkinson's, I got rid of the ADD as well. So I literally became a different person uh, for me um, as a kid, for example, there's many different symptoms of ADD, but for me, one of the symptoms was um, really hard to get up in the morning. My mother sometimes would have to pour water on me to get me up and uh, to finish things. I was good at starting stuff. Uh, you know, I always like new ideas. I get all excited about new things, but not always finishing things. And quite disorganized with my homework and my papers and all that. So, you know, there was that. those are some basic symptoms of, of the style of ADD, which... In my book on that, I, I talk about that's the creatives. You know, anybody who's sort of entrepreneurial, creative, and new ideas, like we like the sparkly bits, you know, we like new things. Oh, that's exciting, that's exciting, that's exciting, but we have difficulty finishing it. And if we do finish it, we usually wait to the last minute. Now, that's, I'll just explain that type of ADD, but really there's all kinds, if, which is why I call the book Staying Focused in a Hyper World. The world we live in is changing our brain so that every single sort of challenge we would normally have as a kid growing up and as an adult in our lives, the normal kind of challenges is, you know, some people are a little too compulsive, uh, some people are a little too uh, uh, active, you know, they don't settle down, you know, they're always busy, busy, busy. Some people are a bit too sensitive, uh, they have to deal with, you know, other people not being as sensitive, some people are more creative. They have to deal with following through on projects because they get so many new ideas. Their brain is flooded with all this information. So, you know, these are normal kind of situations. Well, ADD is, this, is basically add hyper to any of those things, you know, hyper uh, attention uh, deficit, uh, hyper deficit, what is it, ADD, <laughs> forget now, attention deficit hyper disorder, <laughs> something like that. Well, right. 
the, the, the confusing thing about it, which is why I got a little confused even using that word, I don't even like that word, is because it, it, it doesn't make sense. You know, you take a child who's hyperactive, no, that's the word, hyperactive. Uh, if it, you take a child in school who's hyperactive and you go, okay, he has attention deficit. Well, he, he has attention deficit when he's listening to the teacher, but put him on a computer, he has no attention deficit. He's like, he's like totally focused. And right. the kids that don't listen to their parents... They're totally focused on that video game and now their iPhone, their iPad. They have no problem with attention. They have the problem with allocating attention to those things that are less interesting. Because, uh, see, what happens, less interesting means they stimulate on a biological level more or less dopamine. Dopamine is the brain chemical of attention, uh, focus, interest, motivation, and pleasure. We're all interested in pleasure. You know, you can also give children a bowl of ice cream, and you'll see they'll just, now they're intently focusing on it. <laughs> it's like they become quiet. Oh, this is so good. Afterwards, everything changes. But when they're having their ice cream, it's just, it's producing massive amounts of dopamine in the brain, pleasure. Uh, there's like uh, so many things. Anything which is intensely pleasurable, stressful, or painful, or scary any of those intensities produce lots of dopamine. Now, once, once you, is, and, and Parkinson's is a dopamine deficiency as well. It's inhibited dopamine function. You see, the reason my brain, would, my body would involuntarily shake is I'm a big thinker. So to think, you have to use up dopamine. So when I'm, when I'm thinking, I would use up my, the, the dopamine I had available. So there wasn't any dopamine less, left to control the muscles. So all muscle control is also done by dopamine. So this is like uh, once, once, once I improve my dopamine function by taking certain supplements, and that was it, because uh, I already had my lifestyle stuff in order, but taking certain supplements, I was able to reverse it very quickly. Not everybody can do that unless it's the early stage, but you can arrest it. You don't need to take the drugs. You can do the natural solutions. And there's doctors, if you want to talk to about that, who will lead you through it. You know, there's not like just me, and, and I don't lead people through it. I just give basic information of how to have optimal brain function. But if you're on medicine with a doctor, you need to go find a doctor that will take you off that medicine. But meanwhile, we all have, to a certain extent, this hyper-tendency. Whatever our challenges are, they become hyper-challenges, whatever your sort of neurosis is. And we all have some degree of problems that, that come along with our gifts, uh, it's like putting a magnifying glass on those problems. And ironically, this is what happens to celebrities. You know, we see how crazy the lives of celebrities are. It's because all of that attention they get, that's a big dopamine stimulator. And so literally, it's like putting a magnifying glass on their neurosis. And <laughs> it, it magnifies everything good, too. So a lot of people with ADHD are amazing uh, uh, entrepreneurs. I mean, we can do it like crazy. You know, we, we can work all the time. We get expi- inspired, motivated. We take crazy risks. You know, so on one level, you can, for some people with these attention deficit, you can be really, really successful. But you can also be really successful if you heal the neurosis part. <laughs> so it's not like you have to have the drug. But if you take, uh, med- F- uh, what is it, uh, amphetamines, methamphetamines, you can, you know, write a book that evening, you know, but, and every writer knows that. And writers in Hollywood all take either marijuana or to be funny or they take amphetamines to, to, be, uh, to really be on top of it or take cocaine. These are all very common things for creative people to be more creative. And yet they go through rehab and they find they can be just as creative without taking the drugs. 
So that's the whole key to this. You know, there's videos, there's all these YouTube things I watch, not YouTube, but TED Talks I saw talking about the benefits, the scientific benefits of watching, playing video games. No, yeah, there's benefits to it, the same benefits of taking methamphetamines, but you get the problem. There's a whole bunch of side effects because when you, in order to have energy and focus and pleasure and motivation, if you have to amp up the stimulation, then normal things like your parents' love, the desire to please your parents, uh, kindness with talking to a neighbor, uh, reading a, a book, uh, which doesn't have a TV in front of it telling you all everything which is happening for you, uh, to, to when you have this high dopamine stimulation, it, it literally desensitizes the dopamine receptors in the brain, which means that normal stimulation is boring. So what happens is we're living in a society where people get bored, people feel distressed, people feel empty, these are all the symptoms of no dopamine function unless they're getting that high stimulation. So we're kind of like manic depressive. We go up and we go down. We go up and we go down. Or we're excited and we're bored. We're disappointed and we crash. And this is such a common phenomenon today. Uh, and it's, that's only one of the forms of ADD. There's also hypercompulsive, which means that you're always the same, but you, you don't want to change anything. Everything has to be a certain way. You can't deviate from it and you resist change. So that would be a different temperament. So I talk about the different temperaments of kids. One is active, one's creative, one's sensitive, and one's compulsive, or organized, we can call it that way, orderly. And and those are great kids, but then if they have ADD, they become very resistant to change. Once they get fixed, they can't change. Others are too changeable. So, you know, if this is what's happening today, and it's happening due to toxicity primarily. Well, I'll tell you what, John, you have... So much information every time I ask a question. My fears are going to run out of time. So I'm going to make a request that I have like five really serious questions I want to get in the show. And if we could go to uh, shorter answers, I think we can hit most of them. And then I do something called rapid fire, which is just good I'm question, cool good answer. Cool. Well, I just want to say that because you yeah. – I wish the show was three hours long because you have all this great information. But I have – first of all, I lost my mom to Alzheimer's. So when your book says that uh, if you if – you, you can actually prevent it, and you can actually do things to improve your mental uh, brain performance, et cetera. What are some secrets to doing that? Okay. Well, for Alzheimer's, I had a sister who died of Alzheimer's, and I sent her the remedy long before she died, and she was in a hospital, and she, they wouldn't give it to her. Uh, mm. it was, and, and I'd send it to her before she went to the hospital, and she had dementia, and she was in another state, and she would just forget to take it, so it got worse, but she never took it. I'd fly out to Texas. I'm, I live in California. And I'd see that she hadn't even touched the bottles, and so then I hired somebody to, to give it to her, and, and they would forget, too. You know, they just didn't value it, uh, and the doctors told them not to take it at a certain point when she was seeing doctors. So these are natural solutions, and most doctors have not been trained in this. There are holistic doctors that do know about it. But the most important thing is the cheapest supplement you can buy on, online, which is called lithium orotate. Now, to keep my answer short, I'm not going to give full explanations of these things. I'm going to just give you a point in directions. At my right. website, as I mentioned, marsvenus.com, I have a store, and I carry most of the things I recommend to people there in the health food store. And, but what's most important is there's a video for every single one of the things I'm talking about. So if it's of interest, you go watch the video. They're, they're, uh, they're 12 minutes long, each one. Uh, of everything you basically find in a health food store, I give little videos of why that might be helpful in what situations. So the key to that one is you want to do lithium orotate. It's the most powerful neural protector there is. Okay, that's A. 
B is for every neuron in the brain. They just discovered last year that there's nine microbiomes that went up through the vagus nerve into the brain to make that, that brain cell work. That means you need a healthy gut. Any person with Alzheimer's does not have a healthy gut. They have diarrhea, constipation, they have problems, they have bloating, they have gas. Any of those different types of things will show up when you have bacteria imbalance in your microbiome. So for that, there's a product called uh, Bravo Yogurt. You have to make it at home or you can make the drink, uh, you can, um, which is a non-dairy drink, or you can just take the capsules of these live bacteria that grow in the yogurt. And there's, what is it, 42 different bacteria in it as opposed to a regular probiotic, which is two or three different probiotics. So probiotics are really important. Gut health, you've got to start right away stopping the degeneration in the brain, which is going to happen through... Um, with through the lithium orotate, and for lithium orotate to work, you also need zinc in the brain. Uh, anybody with Alzheimer's has deficiencies of zinc, and that's very well known. So the best zinc is zinc orotate. Now, what I did is put lithium orotate and zinc orotate, calcium and potassium orotate all together so people can get that. So you need two of those a day. This is all information at the website, not in terms of Alzheimer's, not in terms of any disease, just how these supplements work and what they're good for in terms of the brain. So you want to get good minerals. You'd want to have good something good for the help to heal digestion, and in the meantime, you want to get easy digestion. So they're getting the amino acids into the brain. And one of the most important things uh, for digestion is a pre-digested morning uh, meal, and that's my superfood shake that I did to cure my, my Parkinson's, which is if you have any mental issue, you don't have digestion. You're not digesting your proteins to produce the amino acids to make the brain chemicals. So super. Super uh, food shake is something I formulated for me. I still use it every day. Undenatured whey proteins with enzymes. You t- put the powder in a glass of room temperature water. You let it sit for 40 minutes. It incubates, digests itself. Then you put a top on it, shake it up, and drink it. And it will, it will be a whole meal, or you can complement a meal with it. But those, that, those proteins get right into the brain. So you dealt with digestion. You held the, healed the digestion with the Bravo and you've got the neural protectors in the brain. And the fourth thing is NADH. NADH is, uh, gives anybody more energy without needing caffeine. Usually caffeine will burn people's adrenals out, particularly for women. But NADH, L-tyrosine, and 5-HTP, all four, three things together, will increase energy for anybody. Literally, biological energy is called ATP, and that's what the body needs to heal itself, to think, to do things. And that's what people with Alzheimer's or anybody with a brain condition starts having less and less of that sustained energy. So there's four things. And that would also address uh, anyone who has wellness right now of having optimal wellness. Yeah, that's my optimal wellness program. Basically what I just gave there is uh, something really good for the gut, something really the minerals for the brain, the amino acids for the brain, and the pre-digested proteins come from getting the amino acids for the brain, and then energy. You know, people think, oh, you know, I'm getting older, I have less energy. No, you have less energy, so you get older. And that's a, they produce energy in the body. Your body needs to absorb oxygen efficiently. And what NADH is, it's a form of B vitamins, a cofactor for B, B vitamin B3, which allows your body to, uh, it's biological hydrogen, which allows your cells to make energy by utilizing oxygen. And that's a formula that comes from Switzerland, again, a lot of these things are from uh, European doctors that I found. Super. And uh, in the first part of the show, we were talking about how the relationship communication between men and women happen. And I, I think 
I'm, I'm personally impacted when I have my day at work. I put my phone down when I get home so I can just be present for my family. But my wife may have had a day that was really tumultuous. She had so many things to deal with, et cetera. So how, how is it best to create a better relationship and family, uh, whether it's the um, wife or the husband that's working and, and the other ones helping taking care of the household? What, is, what are some hints you'd give there? Well, it's, it's counterintuitive, okay, which is it, she'll be busy and she'll be thinking I have all these things to do. And what you have the wisdom of already you want to connect. Connection is what's going to stimulate the estrogen hormone or the progesterone hormone that she needs to relax. And then when she relaxes, then she realizes everything doesn't have to get done. <laughs> okay, that's what you've got as a wife. Is everything has to get done. So she's all stressed out. So the best thing for women when they're stressed is to be able to talk about their feelings with other men interrupting. But she's already caught in that trap, and clearly she doesn't know what's best for her. She'd be doing it because you seem to be willing to listen. So what you have to do is explain to her what you learned from me and say, let's just take 10 minutes and download our days to each other. But for the first several months, I'm not going to download my day. I just want you to download your day, and I'm just going to sit and listen. That's the first step. Just 10 minutes. That will anchor her down. But listening is good. Her talking about her day is good. Better, and this is why my book is helpful, but maybe you can help her by saying, and what John said, which was very helpful as a therapist, is what we do is to talk about the emotion that's associated with whatever happened that wasn't nice. Like the emotion of frustration is easy. Disappointment, more subtle. Concerns, worries, fears. And i just expressing them from the point of view of letting them go, not to solve them. But if we can just connect with how you feel, and I'm just going to be the space to listen to what you're saying and not trying to solve it, and I'm not going to try to solve it afterwards. That would be really, really good, and that's a training. And I tell you, it's much easier to train men than it is women. So uh, <laughs> that's why my book is so helpful. If you get somebody else trying to train the women, it's like, if I can be playful for a moment, it's like men are like dogs. We're pretty easy to be trained. And women are like cats, very hard to train them, you know. <laughs> but you can't you can pet them and then they repur. <laughs> so you've got to give them what they need and they respond so beautifully. Awesome. And and raising a four-year-old child, it, everything has sugar in it. And it, I'm already seeing the impact of how, how his, he's not processing correctly, how his moods are, and how he's getting a little it's bit a of a girl. He is a boy. Yeah, yeah. It's my, boys are twice as vulnerable, if not five times as vulnerable to all these issues. And that's because our brains are different and we, our bodies are different. And we make more testosterone. And testosterone uses up zinc. So the same thing I was talking about is get some zinc into them is very, very important. Uh, the kind of zinc is important as well. So what I would suggest you do is make the... The, make it for yourself as well. The, I drink it. It's a, it's a probiotic drink that you can make at home. So it's a nice little breakfast drink, uh, kind of like a lemonade to start the day uh, with, with kefirs, kefir seeds and probiotics in it. It's real easy to make and make a two-week supply and, you know, real, real easy. You just order the, the non-dairy Bravo, and that becomes a morning drink. Uh, then you also have an afternoon snack, which would be the superfood shake, or if you want, he can have that for breakfast, another drink for breakfast. Uh, you want to stay away from, you know, you have to just start taking the sugars out of the house, basically. They're just not there. Uh, and why that is sugar is a neurotoxin. And a little sugar is not a problem. It's just so addictive that you want to eat more and more of it. 
But if, once you get the minerals in the brain, and that's the super mineral capsule, and he could do one in the morning, one, in the, one, for, one for dinner. Uh, and uh, at four years old, if he, doesn't, he can't swallow capsules, so you put it in a chia pudding. Chia pudding is omega-3 pudding, which is really, really good. And you can go online and figure out how to make chia pudding. Uh, it's rich in omega-3, and you can disguise the minerals in there. And you can test it out where you just put enough minerals in for taste so that he won't notice it or he'll still like it. And the first few times of making the chia pudding, you can use some honey in there and then make, use less and less. Honey, raw honey, always raw, is good for us. Have him eat lots and lots of fruits. Fruit has gotten a bad name because it's sugar, but it's a different kind of sugar, and it's with all the fiber that's associated with it. Apples are great. If you feed children lots and lots of fruit, I'm talking about two or three snacks a day of papaya and watermelon. Don't bother whether it's out of, out of, out of season. We have the luxury of all these different fruits. Make fruit salads. Uh, just don't mix melon with other fruits. Have a big melon. You know, these, these are such delicious things. And when you're getting all that sweetness in you, then you don't crave the junk food sweet. So that's a way of freeing you from the sugar cravings. Fantastic. And I know that we're running very close on time. So uh, just share a quote that you live by. A oh, quote I live by is, uh, we, it's the same thing I told you at the beginning of the interview, which is whenever I'm, I'm not getting what I want, I'm looking in the wrong direction and uh, – universe is providing everything I need, and once I get what's available, once I benefit from what's available to me right now, I always get more. Uh, you never know exactly when things are going to happen, but always right now is what you need, and you have to have clear goals for what you want. Every day, you know, I go into a meditative state. I'm a teacher of meditation, a big believer in the whole thing. You, set, you go in a meditative state, and you set your goal, and then you make it bigger, Okay, you make it much bigger. This is my goal, and then you make it bigger. Amplify it. And as you amplify it, then imagine it actually happening. And if you can't, and how grateful you are, and how happy you are, and how fulfilled you are, because it happened. You have to imagine what it feels like when it happens. And often when people's goals, you know, they don't really have big goals, so they don't have big gratitude. So, you know, if my goal is little, then it's a little bit of gratitude. What you do is set big goal, amplify, you know, bigger, and somewhere in the realm of possibility, of course, but amplify your goal, then amplify your feeling of gratitude for it. And thank the universe. Thank God if you believe in God. And thank you, thank you for the opportunity to make that come true, and thank you for your help. And then go about your day. You know, I've done this technique all my life. You know, for 10 years I amplified. I, I imagined what it would be like to have the number one best-selling book in the world, and I did. It took 10 years, and every day I would meditate on that. And I was on planes, I would be thinking, you know, when, <laughs> over and over how it would feel to have people come up to me wherever I go and say my book changed their life, and now they do. Uh, well, Dr. About- John Gray, I, I just want to thank you, uh, first of all, for using the word amplified so much in that quote, but uh, your book has changed the world in this episode. I'm going to get it out as much as possible and have as many people go to your website because the information you're giving is life-changing. It's it's life-enriching. So you have been amplified. Thank you so much. Next week, we have uh, Jess Toddfield, and he's going to be talking about how to bring the speaker out you were born to be and to share your messages with the world. So Dr. Gray, thank you so much again for spending an hour with us. Oh, what a pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Rosa, my counterpart, we will go next week with uh, sharing some of the tips for marketing, but this week we had to go deep with relationships and all the amazing things about staying focused in a hyper world. So we'll see you next week. Again, Jess Toddfield will be sharing how you can actually be the speaker you were born to be. See you next week. 
hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashad again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.